Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. My holistic eye doctor is working with me on healing foggy vision. Floater's macular pucker. Macular pucker. I'm doing several remedies, including MSM drops, Dr. Daniel's ginger tea, lots of hydration. My doc has recently suggested ozone gel to apply around the eye. Can you tell me about ozone gel? Um, is any Amazon brand safe? You know from ozone, doc. That's a good question for you. I, I'm, first of all, I guess foggy vision, floaters, macular pucker. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Yeah. So for the for the first part, now I'm. I won't say I'm a big connoisseur. Of, I haven't tried all the brands of ozone oil. I get mine from Pure O3. Uh, but if I were her, I would call them and ask if they have ever used it for issues around the eye because you can ozonate any number of oils and they each have a different property. Mm-hmm. So which one would you want to use? Jojoba, olive, neem, castor. I mean, they ozonate all those. So it'd be nice to hear somebody speak to that. I mean, if you're going to put something around your eye, you'd sure like to know that Be careful. it's a good idea, right? And that reminds me of my father. You know, he read old Richard Schultz's stuff. And Schultz, you know, was the madman of herbal medicine. Um, and uh, my dad, reading that stuff, he would get cayenne pepper, mix it in a little saline eye cup, and hold that up against his eye. And he would scream and dance and holler, and and he'd then lean over and let it pour out. And when the pain stopped, he'd go, I feel so good. <laughs> and how much would he put in there? I don't know what Schultz's formula was, but you can be sure it hurt. Yeah. Uh, Schultz was that kind of guy. If it didn't hurt, nothing good was happening. And uh, But my dad swore by that cayenne. And, of course, it will increase all the circulation around the eye. Sure. So you're going to get more oxygen and blood flow to the area. Now, whether that's a great idea for her, I don't know. Um, So my part, you know, is sitting with a heart biofeedback monitor. And if she had a little M wave, you know, from heart math, we would sit down and and go over what the story is for her, because there's going to be a love story underneath it. Right. I know there will be the physical things. Keep working on those. On the story level, there will be a love story. So the macular pucker person that I've worked with was two years old when he watched his mother walk out the door. Wow. Now, the macula is where I see most clearly that that I want to focus on. And he was on the anniversary of that event when the pucker happened. And it's almost like the back of the eye that sees clearly wants to stay close to mom. It wants to come closer. So he never has to see mother get smaller. That's the love story. And it's very, very painful love story. The story of a small child watching their mother get smaller and smaller in their vision. So 
if we have a biofeedback monitor on her and begin to talk, you find out what love story that macular pucker is about. Um, and, you know, foggy vision. I'm sure somebody's looking at what could be behind that. But in general, the issues of the eye is that there's something that I'm seeing that creates suffering. And it would be better if I didn't see it as well. Hmm. So I'll just go out of focus. The brain does that. Hmm. My own brain creates the macular pucker. My own brain creates the foggy vision. Because to see clearly this terrible thing would be more than I could bear psychologically. And that's what the brain has decided, right, wrong, or otherwise. That's what it decided. And I can be on the anniversary of lots of things, just like this man was on the anniversary of his mother leaving. And he didn't realize that. It's just because we're sitting there with heart biofeedback on him, asking him the story of his life. That's where his heart biofeedback monitor said, this is the story. Right. So, I don't know what the stories are. So, um, but what's the initial um, input for ozone? I mean, uh, why would yeah. why would that even work on a pucker? You know, ozone is kind of miraculous stuff. Um, it's the holy trinity of oxygen. Hmm. I mean, look at all the trinities around. You know, father, mother, child is the big one for biology. Um, so you have a father, mother, child of oxygen. Um, it goes in and sets up uh, a stimulation of stem cells. It's what ozone does. Oh. So it's very similar to getting a stem cell treatment, um, which, you know, has a lot of possibilities. So it's, it's oxygen, mostly oxygen. That's Yeah, and... You know, what we breathe in the air is O2. So we have these two oxygens, and that's what I'm breathing in and out, you know, over and over. But ozone has a third oxygen up here. And that third oxygen is given off into the tissues, and it becomes what's called a lipid peroxide when it lands on my tissues. And it's a free radical. It creates a small amount of damage, and that damage calls in stem cells hmm. like you guys come in and repair this when they come in and repair it it can repair lots of stuff like and when i inject it in someone's knees their cartilage regrows pretty cool it is it's pretty cool right so that's stem cells doing that you inject it into a ligament the ligament gets stronger um so yeah, there's a lot of good potential for ozone. It's much less expensive than a direct stem cell treatment. Yeah. Speaking of that, now you did it, stem cell thing. Would you go and do that again? I feel the need to. I mean, I, I don't think I'm a, against doing it again. It's ex, it's expensive. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to experience it. Um, and I think it's uh, the same kind of thing that happens when a shift happens in a family constellation or you've had those moments where you've been in some sort of meditative state or something has shifted for you and you suddenly feel lighter. Mm -hmm. So that's when the brain now has given my own stem cells permission 
to make happier exosomes, hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, my brain tells my stem cell, you cannot make exosomes that change the family assigned fate to this person. Well, you know, I can either change the family story through some ritual like constellations, in which case the brain goes, I mean, I guess the stem cells can make happier stuff now, you know? We, we don't have to die at the same age as grandpa. Nope, don't have to we do that. To de- we don't have to decay at the same you know, rate grandma did, right? Um, but that's what's our biology heritage if we don't transcend it in some way. And of course, one way is to take stem cells from another family system. And they'll have a different program and they can make happier stuff. So if I'm the same age as somebody who was in war or a multiple of that age, Mm -hmm. like for instance, vitreous floaters are in lots of stories has been about a battle or a place of an accident where there are dead bodies lying around. And it's better if I have a floater in that spot to block out the vision of that particular spot so I can't see that dead body. Wow. Yeah, well, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it's makes perfect sense. the brain trying to save me. Yeah. yeah, my brain's trying to save me from seeing things that are overwhelming. That's such a major idea when talking to you and others that just encouraging all of us to keep in mind that the body is always, 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 Mm -hmm. always, always always trying to get more in balance, right? Back in balance, whatever the term is. Isn't it cool? Isn't it cool? Phew, man. Always. Sure helps when we can... uh, when we can remember that when things hurt, isn't it? Sure helps. Mm-hmm. Boy. Yes. Man. Sure helps. It does. And to know that the people who gave us life went through a whole lot to do that. Um, a lot of courage, especially, right, someone born when you were, a lot of courage to bring a new life into the world right after a war has happened. That's right, 46, right, boy? It was just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody knew for sure, you know? What was going on? Boy, you can, you know, I, yeah, I think about that, too. Back in the, when I came in, I mean, there was probably a couple radio stations, and there wasn't television, and probably a newspaper, and... So whatever news you got about the war, man, that was just what they were putting out, right? You know why? Yeah, no idea of the truthfulness yeah. of any of it, you know. Right. I mean, they were selling whatever they were selling, and uh, that was it, right? Yes. I mean, look at they sold Pearl Harbor. You know, president gets on radio in, you know, December or whatever, the day of infamy, and that whole thing was a an inside job, you know? Can you imagine? They got away with it. Well, until they go see Big G and then has a talk with him. Um, <laughs> 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 Remember? 
Uh, Let me take a quick little break here, and then we'll be back Uh, with some more of your emails. Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. Do you remember a good friend of ours, Dr. Hal Huggins, when he said this? Previously, Dr. Hal Huggins on detoxing mercury. You do not have to get all the mercury out of the body. That's not what the problem is. It's the direction it's going. If you have more going out than you have coming in, then you're going to have a good chemistry. You're going to feel good. But if you have more going in to the body than going out, chemistries look bad and you feel bad. If you had to name just a few things on the top of your list to help get mercury out, whether they be supplements or foods, give us your top five off the top of your head. Best thing would be the infrared sauna. The thing is, detoxification is easy. Anybody can release a lot of mercury. But if you're using a sauna or especially the infrared sauna, then you are eliminating the mercury through the skin and you are bypassing liver and kidney. So that's a very good way to go. If you've been wanting to get a sauna, a little bit over your budget, well, we're going to help you out with a sale. Well, we have a kind of an everyday kind of thing sale. Uh, we have been for years. Our price is 1295 That's tax title license delivered in the lower 48. 1295 I think they retail 16 17 uh, and who knows. Uh, they don't allow us to put this price on in print because then other people pick it up and they kind of like to keep the price higher but uh, we worked out a deal where we can sell it at this so if you'd like to get one the only way to get this price is to email moi patrick at oneradionetwork.com regardless of where you live just email me patrick at oneradionetwork.com these are great units really enjoy them I'm in mind every day for what that whatever that matters and um I think you'll really enjoy uh, detoxing from these guys and so many other good things. So many other good things. It strengthens all the arteries. Uh, good things with the heat proteins for the heart, as Rhonda Patrick talks about. Um, it makes you believe you just were exercising because your pulse goes up 20 or 30 beats. And it's just very powerful technology. Many good things, not just detoxification. So just email me. I'll hook you up. Tell me where you live. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. Why didn't that work? Oh, here's why it didn't work. I'm drinking more water because I really need it. You know, I, I said, oh, I need some more water. Well, I never had that thirst mechanism working as much. Right. Most guy, modern people have lost a lot of the thirst. The thirst mechanism thing. Didn't Batman Gellich talk about that where... You get so dehydrated that your body just gives up. Is it the orb and all the stuff with the hydrogen bubbled water? It's really hydrating ourselves more. I mean, that's that's the way it works. Well, sure. So hydrogen therapy, what it's doing is it's bringing down oxidative stress by combining the hydrogen molecular hydrogen combines with free radicals, and what does it do to them? turns them to water. So that's hydrating, meaning you're taking something that's trying kind of damaging and turning it to water, which is hydrating. Hmm. You're turning it into water, which hydrates you. Boy, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Pretty pretty brilliant. Indeed. How many people are on our show talking about how important 
to be hydrated. I mean, it's like huge. This could be really a nice thing for you. I love my machine. It's the AquaCure machine. You can click an order. Use promo code ONE RADIO. And when you do promo code ONE RADIO, you're going to get a 20% deal. It's still 20%. I'm not sure how long that's going to continue, but so far it's just... Wait a minute, I dropped something. So far it's just... um, uh, It's on go, 20%. So... um, just use promo code one radio and you get the hydrogen machine. I really enjoy mine. First thing I do, kind of sort of the first thing is I'll just um, uh, press one button. It's very easy to use. Put it on like 10 or 20 minutes and uh, make hydrogen water. And then, then that's the water I drink all day is the hydrogen water and then breathe the gas. Well, every chance I get when I'm downstairs around the machine. You can get yourself a cannula, you know, 25 footer, and just, you know, as much as you can. People say, how much should I use? Well, just much as you can. It's really, I, I really enjoy the technology. You can feel it. So just uh, check it out. Promo code one radio for 20% off on the oxygen or hydrogen Browns, Browns gas machine. Let me do this. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Indeed it is, and that picture is of Dr. Richard Massey, and he's here on the third Monday of each month. Uh, Ray Pete is normally here as well. Ray Pete got smoked out from uh, some wildflowers or whatever they were doing, fires up in Oregon, and couldn't make the show. He just was having an issue with talking in his lungs and just not happy. Doc, thanks for coming on the show. We'll do a few more and then we'll let you go do stuff. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do? Uh, we have Constellations tonight. It's uh, Monday night at Casa de Luz. And anybody who wants a plumber, this is, I think, eight on Amazon. Um, oh, that's a book. Get any money here. Family. Ca- for, you know. So yeah, that's a good book, constellations. Family Constellations, right? Yeah, by Joy Manet. And this is actually the anniversary of Bert Hellinger's death on September 19th, 2019. He was the guy who came up with the present form that we call Family Constellations. He was a Catholic. He was a Jesuit priest, kicked out of Nazi Germany because he wouldn't join the brown shirts uh, for <laughs> Hitler and uh, became a Jesuit priest, was sent to be a schoolmaster in Africa. And when he got there among the Zulus, he noticed that all the children were happy. Hmm. And he had never seen that before. So he started watching what they did. Why were the children so happy? And a lot of it was the ceremonies the older ones did. When they saw a child being burdened with something, they did a ceremony and that move the burdens from the child back to the ancestor through whom it came. Hmm. And that way the kids could be happy. That's where, that's the whole work started with Bert Hellinger, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you yeah, what do you all do at, at Casa on, on Monday nights? So you go through different exercises? And you, yeah. And you can do those by Zoom. So for all those out oh, cool. there listening, if you're interested in doing a constellation, Stephanie does those by Zoom. You would just const, uh, contact Stephanie and 
get on her schedule. And who's Stephanie? Um, uh, Stephanie Richmond. She's an international family constellator. Um, she also does biomagnetic work, but she doesn't do as much of that anymore. And uh, she does mainly constellation work and teaches Course in Miracles. Oh, um, that's a nice thing. And where do you? Yeah. How do folks contact Stephanie? So I can later after the show or right now I'll send her contact information. Yeah, would you send it to me and then I'll I'll send it yeah. up to Lynn and we'll put that on the in the show notes. That'd be great. If I, yeah. so they can do a a zoomy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds we, good. I don't even know how we survived without Zoom. You know, it's just one of those. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Just crazy. It is. So we this is here's a, this is a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to go this email for you from Bruce. You ready? Sure. Okay. Hi, Patrick. I've been pondering this lately. Um, I want to get Dr. Massey's take. Um, I got a letter many years ago from my mom, and she said that you were born between the labor room and the delivery room, and there was just a nurse and an orderly there, and the cord was around your neck and strangling you. I just had to sit there while they slipped the cord from around your neck and got you breathing. You were a funny baby, as you always went stiff when I changed or bathed you. (laughs) I was almost as if it was almost as if you taught, as if you taught, thought you were going to be dropped. Huh? Uh, you used to bang your head against the wall when you couldn't get your way or hold your breath for a long time. Just wondering if you could ask Dr. Massey what this could all be about. Um, and is there something I need to heal in myself now? Wow. Mm. Wow. That's a big one. So the, I can see how all that would be a way of remembering the birth event. And we all remember how our mom felt at our birth. Our nervous systems are the same as mom's, so we carry how she felt at our birth. And that those memories get triggered like in little ways when we first wake up in the morning. So that's like a birth into the day. Um, A little bit bigger than that is if I was a term baby every nine years, I'll have a replay of birth because birth happened at nine months. Um, And then even bigger than that is any moment where I first show up so if I have to give a talk in front of a group of people hmm. or if I get pulled over by a cop and suddenly I'm in the spotlight or have to uh, testify in court. Um, the other one is, is if someone close to me or something even that I watch on the news, if I'm suddenly struck by the image of death, my brain replays the circumstances of my birth. So I would look for any of those triggers, and there are more, 
but those are the ones that come to my mind now. And when those things happen, just notice how the feeling is and how the mood is. So banging the head against the wall. So that's about, I'm actually wanting to go forward, but I need to be stopped. Hmm. So I'm, I'm reenacting that dynamic. I want to go forward, but I need to be stopped. So why do I need to be stopped? Because the further forward I go, the tighter the cord around my neck gets. So I'm doing that to remember how birth went. And I'm trying to carry as much of the traumatic feelings of the birth because my brain tells me that every time I feel this feeling, my mother suffers less. It tells me that I actually carry things for her. And interestingly, at the birth, that's actually true. Anything that my brain takes up is a part that my mother doesn't have to feel. But after I become older, that it doesn't help anymore. That mechanism's not true anymore. That was a mechanism for back then, right? So banging the head against the wall, I can see that one. Holding the breath and becoming stiff. And that's what you've got to do. Of course, the cord around the neck makes sure that I hold my breath. I can't even get a breath. And I have to be really, really still. A friend just the other day had this same thing happen. And the mom here, I think, is making it seem like it's a... Uh, she didn't want to burden her son. My friend is a doctor, and she told me it was the worst pain of her life when somebody put their hand up in there and took the cord off her baby's neck. Wow. Just became stiff. Like, I don't even want to move. You know, every part of me wants to resist this, and yet I just have to be still and take it. So the baby will take that on, and every time it freezes... It thinks that it's taking that away from the mother, and then mommy can move and be a mommy. I have to be the one that holds the stiffness for her. That's how the brain works in biology. The little one always takes on what the mother can't bear, right? And once we realize that this is a love mechanism to help our mother, it helps us to realize, okay, so that, that worked back then, but it's not... I don't need to do that anymore. Anymore now. Yeah, that, yeah, that story belongs back there. It is a beautiful story. Um, the cord around the neck can be a memory of somebody who was hung. Uh, it can be a memory of someone who had to leave their home before they were ready. It can be a memory of someone who was about to be born into a dangerous time like in a war zone and the biology wants to wrap the cord around the baby and keep it inside the womb where it's safe right those are all the mechanisms for why biology will wrap a cord around the neck many folks who have this will find that advancing in life is something that is difficult for them 
because advancing too far means I'm about to choke to death. And for a mother to watch her baby choke to death would be about the most unbearable thing. Yeah. Right? So the way I save my mommy is don't advance too much. So I have a family member who had this. Wow. And he's really skilled and he gets great jobs. As soon as they offer him an advancement, a promotion, he leaves that job. He won't do it. He won't move forward. Uh, because moving forward would strangulate him and emotionally kill his mother. Fascinating. And wow. Yeah, yeah. So he and he doesn't want to look into any of this right now. So you know, we let him. So, be. in the case of Bruce and other people with these things, is the main mechanism that doc just to understand. That's why this process is, and once you understand it, then you can let it go. And that's on the mental level, and there is a physical level of rebirthing. So I only learned about this a couple of weeks ago, honestly. I had a woman come by for uh, an IV for, quote, COVID symptoms or flu symptoms or whatever it was. And she traded me a somatic session, as she called it, for this IV and uh, Patrick she pressed on some places in my body where there were like tightness in my fascia and knots and uh, I said you know I, I have somebody coming in an hour I have to be a doctor I can't you know just break down here and she said well cry about it then and I mean it was like and I trusted her and I knew her heart was good wow and so I've had other sessions now where all I do is cry for two hours and I invite people to dig into every single knot in my body, which I've always resisted. Oh. And all these stories are in my body. Yeah, they're all in there. Wow. Every single knot in me, all the stiffness in me, he was talking about stiffness, all the stiffness in me is related to those inherited stories. That's the way I remember them physically. Yeah. And to have somebody work them out where I can just feel free to cry or scream or whatever I want to do is very freeing. I have to tell you, I, I just feel freer and lighter. Amazing. And lighter oh, yeah. Since that's happening. And, uh, and I'm thinking when a story like that happens at birth, when that when the stiffness is required for someone to actually physically live, I would have to think a body work regrow rebirthing session would be just revitalizing really in so many ways. Yeah, is she in Austin? Lately? Would you would you send me her name? Because uh, uh-huh. maybe we could do a show with her or something on it. Okay, I will do that. You know, I I know you're right about somehow. All of these stories are in our body. I mean, I know that's true. A couple of years ago, I just started stretching in the middle of the night, and I've been still doing it. Not as much as I did at the beginning, but at the beginning, it was like sometimes two hours every night, one or two in the morning on my yoga mat. And I would just move anywhere where I couldn't, right? And you would cry, Mm -hmm. and you would go, ah, you know. And yeah. I would see images of when I was a kid, and uh, 
it's been the best thing ever I ever did for myself was to do it. And I still do it, yeah. which, is, which is a kind of a form of yoga. I mean, if you really get into yoga right, sure. and go into places where no man has gone before, as they say, you'll, <laughs> you know, and all yes. the, yogi, the yogi teachers have always said, right, the issues are in your tissues. I mean, this is what they say. Yeah. And they are. They're in there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's great. Uh, can Dr. Massey please explain <clears throat> what is the immune system and how it works? Wow. Well, let's see. I'll do that in three sentences. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, you know, uh, doing the recall healing and the German new medicine, um, the immune system is not as I see it now, is not what I was taught it no, was. Yeah, no, um, no, we think it and I grew up in a military family and a military culture. And the way science was taught to me is, is there's good guys and there's bad guys and they're fighting each other. Yeah. And, and what we want is the immune system is the good guy. Everything it's interacting with is the bad guy. And if I have a good, strong immune system, which means I need to pay more tax money to the Department of Defense, um, <laughs> then my immune system can beat up the bad guys better, right? And that's that's how I was taught it. And uh, that just does not seem to be biological reality. It's just not true, is it? Just not true. And it's just not how it works. And 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 so, poor people, right? We're sitting here from childhood being told if I have symptoms in my body is because I haven't paid enough tax money to the Pentagon. You know, I mean, my immune system has somehow gotten weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, once I say that, <laughs> and my ears hear me say that, it sets up a kind of a concrete block in my head that I have to see reality that way. Okay, I'm saying there are other perspectives. So keep keep the first one if you want, but there's a whole nother perspective of this thing we call the immune system. And it's really more about authenticity. What's authentically me and what's not authentically me? What's needed to maintain a sense of authentically me versus not authentically me? That's more what we call the immune system is really about. Uh, it's just detecting if something that's not me comes in and wants to take over all the territory mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, I can go, okay, no, nah, no, no. No, no. So that could be, yeah. that could be, oh, anything from toxins to chemicals to things in the air and the water and the food or um, thoughts. And images or, or, or ideas yeah. that aren't authentically yes. you or I, right? Could be all of the above. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. And so there's some mechanism to deal with all that, but it's it's not a military mechanism. Right. It's not like let's kill everything that's not self. Well, this is more like, well, let's examine why this particular sense of not self came in and what we may realize is there's a love story underneath that. Somewhere. The love story you know? would be trying to teach us something, give us a lesson of why it's even there or... So, so like, 
strep throat. Why is there strep in my throat? That doesn't seem like me. There's these organisms in there, and they're foreign to me, right? That's the thinking. Mm-hmm. So my immune system failed. It should have kicked those out. And I don't realize that the strep is eating away cancer of the throat. Right. And they're only going to be there as long as the work needs to be done. So why would I want to kill them all? You know, why not let them do their job? You know, as long as it doesn't get out of hand, why not let them do their job? Because I'd much rather have some strep in my throat for a week than to have throat cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a love story underneath things that mentally I perceive are not me. The stuff that's really, really, really not me, that stuff gets taken care of and we don't even know it happened, right? It's these mental images I have that strep cannot possibly be part of me. That's, now nah, we should have killed all that. Uh, oh, the coronavirus, if it exists or whatever. It definitely couldn't be me. It came from those Asians over there and, uh, you know, or from Tony Fauci or whatever. That definitely cannot be me. And, and uh, Those are the easy ones, fever, right? Those are the easy ones. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, and what comes up for most of us in this culture is this military image, you know, like, ah, we should be sequestering this virus, putting it in Guantanamo Bay and interrogating it, you That's know. Right. Uh, you know, finding out what the real answers are instead of, you know. And, and which is what this whole social distancing, masking thing was about, trying to train people to believe that there, there's something out there that not me that wants to get me or something. It's just, just yeah. weird, you know, just like, what? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that understanding of the immune system is part of that. Yeah, sure. Anything that I don't think is me is out to get me. And of course, we know from doing Byron Katie worksheets that when I'm absolutely sure something isn't me, that's when it's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, go over that one again? When I abs- yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean you haven't really let it go yet, or you really think that there's something there that's still part of you, but you, you've talked yourself into believing that you've, you have let it go. So being at one time married when I'm absolutely sure that my unhappiness is about something she did. Mm-hmm. That's when I know 100% it's about me. Of course, of course. The more convinced I am that it's something outside of me, that's the proof that it's on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so when people do a Byron Katie worksheet and do that turnaround, we find out that what liberates me and my thinking is by seeing an issue from the exact opposite perspective. The coronavirus is my enemy, turn that around. The coronavirus is my friend. Name three examples of how the coronavirus is my friend. Three authentic examples. That's a Byron Katie turnaround worksheet. And I sit with my heart biofeedback monitor on because I want to know what my heart thinks are the three examples. And I work until I find three examples that my heart says those are authentic examples of how this is my friend. Once that happens, I can never see it as my enemy again. Never. You just can't. No. 
no. And that doesn't mean I won't do something if I have fever. Uh, it doesn't mean I won't do something if I have aches and pains. I'm not going to just, you know, suffer and think it's some moral high ground or something. I'm going to do something about that, but I'm not going to do that old style immune system thing. We just got to get more guns and go after this, you know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's like we got to send Ukraine another twenty billion dollars worth of weapons. It's like <laughs> they just keep sending it. It's like, oh, here you go. Here's twenty billion more. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a yeah. that on the macro level, that's what's going on, right? Yeah. It never stops. Yeah. It just never stops. No, no. Uh, Hellinger called it the futility of vengeance. The, yeah, I like that. The futility of vengeance. It's a good one. Here's one for you. Oh, I think we've. Hmm, maybe this is a follow up, or I don't know if this came in. I think this came in before we even talked about it. The role of antibodies. Somebody's writing in the blood how and why they show up, and are they necessary to be healthy? The reason I'm asking is, uh, the doctors say that I'm severely immune deficient, and there are almost no antibodies or immunoglobulins in my blood, and they want to inject some sort of serum in my blood that contains antibodies. I'm quite puzzled, and I don't know what to think about it, or what to do. Mm. Mm, okay. Mm. Now that's a that's a good question. And so, <laughs> immune globulins were supposed to have a certain amount of these immune globulins. They're like proteins that that neutralize excess things, excess bacteria, let's say, or excess exosomes. And some people are born with stories that tell their body not to make those, to not have a, a way of dealing with those excesses. I used to give shots to children who had immune globulin deficiency because if they did not get those shots, they would die of what was called infections, what we would call infections. Um, they wouldn't be able to deal with those. Whenever someone has what's called an acute viral issue, whatever that might mean, things that we call the flu, for instance, or shingles, or uh, herpes, uh, mm. chicken pox, measles, any of those kind of things. If you give immune globulins, the body does better. It just soaks up all the excess activity of whatever those particles are and neutralizes them. So that's what the immune globulins are about. And so I learned early on, and then we forget about it, of course, when the corona thing came out, when people get anything that's considered a severe virus, even mainstream medicine is known that you give a big butt shot of immune globulins and it clears it up. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and somehow we just forgot that so we could get an emergency use authorization. But <laughs> if, uh, if you have a tendency to go into severe repair, and that's the language I'm using now on purpose, but if you have a tendency to go into severe flus or severe viral syndromes, I mean, they're really dangerous for you, mm -hmm. and somebody tells you you're low on immune globulins, I would definitely listen to what they're saying. And you can take those orally. Um, 
there are immune globulins in uh, uh, capsule form. You can see if that works. Um, I would definitely assume that part of that is autoimmune, and I would pretend it's autoimmune until you prove otherwise, which means going off gluten and dairy and repairing leaky gut. I would just do that. Hmm. Um, and if you take a shot of immune globulins and you suddenly feel like the hills are alive with the sound of music, and that's a sign that you needed that. Um, and uh, just keep working on the underlying stories until you don't need it. But in the meantime, don't let yourself get so far out of balance uh, and get in real trouble because you lack immune globulins. Um, those can be replaced, and that's one of the reasons kind people give blood. It is a blood product. Just be aware of that. Um, and uh, hmm. I've had shots of immune globulin. Dr. Brown in Fredericksburg, the famous allergist, every allergy patient of his had a vial of immune globulin in their refrigerator at home, along with a vial of injectable B12 and folic acid. And if they got allergies, they were instructed to mix those three things together and give themselves a shot in the butt. And a lot of times that just turned off the allergic phenomenon. Um, and the person's sense of wellness was restored. Wow. It's cool. Um, Good stuff. It's a, decent, uh, it's a decent thing to do. And uh, But if you've been happy and vigorous all your life and somebody tells you you have low immune globulins, I'm not sure I'd be impressed by that. Um, you know, you should be having, quote, illnesses a lot if you really have immune right. globulins right. problems. Yeah. Dr. Richard Massey, Patrick Timpone. Uh, Rafi's going to be here talking about water and how to clean it up tomorrow and uh, Adam Bergstrom 2.0. So I'd like to wrap it up and thanks for staying a little extra longer. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I'd like to uh, wrap it up with a, a story about enemas because I know, I think you probably hold the world record for coffee enemas. <laughs> I think <laughs> you do. I mean, <laughs> Uh, Have you checked with Guinness? Have you checked with the Guinness people? Yeah, I think my name is under Meridian's name. I, I got second place. <laughs> do you still do them regularly? <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I go long periods without them and then you know, do a series every day for a couple of weeks and yeah. then take a break. Yeah. So I want to tell you my coffee animal story. I think you'll appreciate it. So as you know, I told you that I'm experimenting. Can I say it? experimenting with this carnivore diet, right? Pretty much just meat and butter, eggs, mm -hmm. and pretty much organ meats. That's it. Nothing else. No vegetables, no fruit, nothing. So, and I'm really enjoying it, and, I, and so we'll see where it goes. So, a week ago, Saturday, I do. I said, I'm going to do a coffee enema, and I do it at 3 p.m. because liver cleansing time is 3 a.m., right? 2 a.m. is liver building, 3 a.m. is liver cleansing. So Adam taught us if you do it at 3 p.m., that's the 12-hour shunt. So okay. you might play with that if you do 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Ah, Just a little leverage ah, there, baby, okay. a little leverage, because that's the time when okay. your liver is cleansing, okay? So I do it, and I even have my red light, or I put my red light on my liver. I can do all, you know, have some fun, you know? So I, I cook up my coffee and I get, I usually make much more than I can put in because you do. 
And so I'm putting this this oil uh, coffee in there, and I put a bunch in, and I don't feel anything. Usually, it wants to come out, so well, I'll put some more in there. So I put some more in there, and I'm not feeling much anything. I'll put some more in there. I've never put so much coffee in there in one time ever, 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 right? And I've noticed that I just don't poop nearly as much because there's no fiber, right? Without fiber, you don't poop much and meat, mostly water. You just don't. And it's great. Um, so so I'm filling up my little body with this coffee and I got so much coffee and I feel like I've been to Starbucks all day. So, um, so then I, I lie there and listen to my screenwriting, how to write screenplay videos, just listening. So I lie down and before you know it, it's four o'clock. So I'm lying there for an hour with filled up with coffee. Never did it that, ever, ever, ever did that long, right? And I, it still didn't even want to come out. So I just literally just needed to let it come out because I don't know, I thought it was time. So I do it, I felt great. And uh, probably a little stoned on caffeine, I don't know. And then mm-hmm. the next day, O-M-G. I woke up with fever. I woke up with chills. I woke up with, oh my God, I thought I was going to die, Doc. It was, no. it was great, yeah. And it, it lasted a whole day till Monday. I couldn't even do the show on Monday. I was so sick. I wasn't sick. I was detoxing. Isn't that mm-hmm. a trip? I mean, yes. how powerful that was. And I mean, there was times on Monday morning when I couldn't even hardly type uh, saying to Sharon, I'm not going to do the show today because I, I was so much, uh, what do you call it? Chills. I had the chills so badly. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Man, that little coffee enema did me up, dude. I tell you what. Whoa. <laughs> so how do you explain that? I mean, I mean, what goes on when that happens? Is there so much work needed to be done in Mr. Liver that that's what I experienced? Yeah, and you're asking your body to do a lot. And one of the things I've I've learned over the years, like when I do something like that, big enema, anything that's a big shift for okay. somebody, even an ultraviolet IV, I give them a hydrocortisone pill before we get started. And I give them one for home later if they start to have symptoms Um, because when we go to the gym and we work out beyond our adrenal capacity Mm -hmm. there's going to be some big consequences (laughs) Uh, they used to have the 90 minute rule that after a workout a person should have this sense of just endorphin feel good after this workout within 90 minutes of stopping the workout if they still felt exhausted 90 minutes later and tired they went beyond their adrenal gland capacity to produce anti-inflammatory hormone and it said in a cascade all these inflammatory things as they're coming out of the body and uh, that's rough so so it's good work so it is good work um and i didn't i didn't mind it because i knew it was good so I was, yeah. fine. you know, I was fine. Sure. You know, I was fine. 
Yeah. I did saunas. You're spiritually fit. Yeah, so you I was spiritually okay fit for it. I was yeah. good. I was good to go. But with this hydrocortisone yeah. thing, would that stop the the good stuff from yeah. happening? It 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 keeps the it from being excessive. So oh, like when I'm doing when I'm doing some work, my adrenal glands make an equivalent amount of hormone so that I don't get overcome by the inflammatory consequences oh, of that. Work, it kind of keeps right? you so you don't get too too wacko. Yeah, but if I do a real biggie, and I go way up here. And my adrenal gland can't keep up with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I'm going to get to feel and appreciate all the things my adrenal gland has managed all up these years. Up close and personal. Oh, yeah. Up close and personal. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, I have been off uh, internal coffee for about a month. You know, I stopped okay. that. Feel better. I can feel my Good. adrenals are stronger, you know. Yeah, and my my little eye bags are under the eyes, which I think are adrenal kidney, they're starting to shrink. So I th- I don't yeah. think the coffee internally has been good for me, but you know, it sure tastes yeah, good. So I mean, you jumped right into the marathon there with that big coffee. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, you're supposed to work up by doing a yeah, well, a three k and a five k and a ten k. Well, yeah, well, you know, you I'm know, Italian Scorpio. You're you just, just you know, it ain't happening. <laughs> And, you jumped uh, right to the marathon enema, you know. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I was putting the coffee in there. It just kept going in there. I thought, well, this is good, you know. What's yeah. Not? And yeah. you know the strange thing about the colon and the, and the carnivore, there was hardly anything that came out with all that, anything but coffee and a few little piddles of stuff. So, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, whoa. I mean, I think that we eat a lot of fiber. And I think that's why we're pooping a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, fiber and pooping go together. Well, yeah, I mean, why is it coming out if, if you need it, you know? <laughs> if you can't digest it, it's going to come out. You can't digest fiber. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Oh, God, it was trippy. Yes. I sure yeah. felt good then when it was all over. It was, it was great. Oh, man, you were clean as a whistle. I remember... <laughs> I remember Alan Gaby, he was the skeptic of the Jonathan Wright, Alan Gaby nutrition team when I was right. taking all those classes. And so, I mean, he did crazy things like have his mercury fillings removed and put them back in and see if it changed his blood chemistry. Oh, come on, did he? Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he was skeptical. You know, he's skeptical <laughs> of any kind of belief. And uh, so people kept telling him about spas and colonics. Right. So he, he went and stayed a week at this spa you know where they did all this body work and they did a colonic every day and he said well you know i'm not sure about my overall health but when i walked out the front door he said there was a license plate on a car about a mile away and i could read all the numbers <laughs> <laughs> i've never been able to see that clearly in you my got a little life. religion there huh oh yeah he did he did you know uh and I did have that one woman friend of mine who had brown eyes all of her life. That's what she thought when she did colonics; they turned blue. No kidding. No kidding. Oh yeah, yeah. She went from brown to hazel to blue, and uh, and then she decided to start smoking and drinking again, and they went they from went blue brown to again. hazel to brown. <laughs> when we first started talking to Dr. Daniels about the turpentine, you know, the pure pine gum spirits, there was a lady somewhere in the Midwest and. And she was just really excessive, you know, probably a Scorpio chick. 
and she started doing turpentine like every day, every day, every day, every day. And she said her brow, her, her eyes turned blue. They turned blue. That, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And it's not true for everyone, no, but, for, but, but for people who are genetically blue and just real toxic. So you mean some people are genetically blue, but they're toxic, and they're, they, yeah. so they turn brown. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Italians have, we don't have a lot of, my dad had blue eyes, my dad had blue eyes. Strangely enough, but I have mm-hmm. all of all of us kids and mom all had the other side of the family all had brown eyes. Italians, you know, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. well, thanks so much. We got a great show. Really jammed up with good stuff. Good job, good job, baby. Thank you. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna email me that one lady with the the. I just sent that over. You, you should sent have that over. Okay, cool. That. No, no, not Stephanie. Stephanie No, the other lady with the birthing. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You do the The birthing. Somatic. What do you call it? Somatic? She called it somatic therapy. Hmm. Um, And how many times have you done it? uh, I've done it once with her and once with someone else. Um, So it's a totally new thing for me. So I've had three crying sessions now, the intro and then two big sessions. So Well, send me the one with the person you like the best. Okay. Okay. Send me the person you like the best. Because I'm not even try that just for fun. Because I, you know. But it sounds like you're already doing it with your stretching. Probably, but you never know. I mean, she's got some special places to to touch on. Might be. I like to experiment. You never know. Okay. And if I have a good time, then we'll have her on the show. So, kiddo, thank you. Uh, We'll put all of Dr. Massey's information on his show page if you like to contact him. So you do. um, Zoomy sessions, right? You do Zoomy sessions. I do, and I'm remembering the name of that immune globulin product. It's called Mega Mucosa. Mega Mucosa. Mucosa, and uh, I forget who makes it. Um, I think it's. Let me get this uh, one container okay. over here um, for the person who's wanting to do the immune globulins. Um, and I can't remember if it's the same company as this one, but let's just look at this, um, see who this is from. It says Microbiome Labs on, on this, but yeah. this is a immune globulin, the IgG so it's, immune globulin. So it's IgG it's 2000, Omega. Yeah, and the Mega Mucosa, I think, has all the immune globulins, not just the IgG. Well, this one does too. It has G, M, and A, and also albumin. Um, And that's the other thing. If you can increase the protein digestion in your body, it helps with immune globulins. So that means if you have enough stomach acid and enough digestive enzymes and you eat more protein, your immune globulins will go up. Good. Um, Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's what Brother Patrick is up to here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See you soon. Thanks a lot, Doc. I love you. All right. You take care love of yourself. You too, All right, brother. May the blessings be. Uh-huh. Dr. Richard Massey, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. What a cool guy, huh? Yeah, we'll put all his information on uh, uh, the audio show page. Uh, if you're expecting Dr. Pete, Dr. Pete kind of got um, 
Well, they did some kind of burn things around his house, and he was inundated with smoke and breathing in, and uh, it just wasn't happening for him to, to be on the show. He sent me an email a few days ago, and I sent it back and told him that if uh, things clear up before mid-October, that we'll have him back on the show. So stay tuned, and we'll let you know, because we always have a lot of emails for him. Okay, we're going to talk about filtering your water tomorrow. Adam Bergstrom on Wednesday. And goodness knows what will come up with between now and then. We may pop in and do something else ourselves too. Who knows? But it's noon here, lunchtime. I got a big old ribeye steak waiting for me. Ready to dig in. Thank you for your ongoing support. If there's anything that I can do for you, we're still doing, we're doing our little Patrick in, our, in your pocket thing. You can do a, a little a one-hour Zoom session with me. It's a coaching kind of a thing. Spiritual stuff, emotional, relationships. Uh, talk about whatever it is uh, you talk about. But most often people just need somebody to listen to. I'm a good listener and I think I could help you, perhaps, to just... Uh, find the right person or mm, whatever. But uh, you can just go on our website and click on it and then email me and we'll set up a session. Then we do very low cost and then we do ongoing um, emails, unlimited emails forever for support. So I'm a really good relationships guy too if you want some help with that. You and your signif could come on together my specialty really but whatever I'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about just a little support here uh, that's it I will see you and then thanks for your uh, ongoing support with donations if you have a few bucks you want to send our way we always accept them and then uh, of course by purchasing products that we promote if you need something spend your money here it would be greatly appreciated rather than somewhere else we think we have some of the best products ever Ever, 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 ever. So there you have it. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock and we'll go dig into the wonderful world of water filters with a fellow that I think you're going to find him fascinating. The owner of Ramica Organics. I love you all. Thank you. May the blessings be. You're doing great. Thanks a lot. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.